welcome to Color Me Happy. My name is Randy Hofer. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Today we have on the podcast, cast, pod, whatever you want to call it, or just podcast, uh, we have Eleni Young. So she is Eleni M. Young on Instagram. Um, she's an amazing uh, musician, entrepreneur, uh, and her family has a local restaurant that has been here for 30 plus years in our local community. And the reason I am featuring her this week on the podcast is because we are all teaming up uh, for the Kindness Wins campaign, which is uh, raising funds for anti-bullying program in our community and more. And we're partnering with so many individuals. And um, Spiro's, the family restaurant which Eleni helps run, is um, on the forefront. They are donating $5 from every heart-shaped pizza sale. And I think it's, what's the day today? It is the 15th. They've already raised $1,000. That's a heck of a lot of pizzas. So it's pretty nuts and it's pretty cool to see everyone coming together uh, for this very important, very important message and campaign. Um, we are part of it. Uh, we designed the shirts and you can see all that information. I talk about it a whole lot on Instagram, Brandy Hofer Studios, and you can also see that on our website, brandyhofer.ca. I know you will love this conversation. We chat a lot about motherhood, um, our birth experiences, and we also, is that like a bonus? <laughs> and you can hear all about birthing. Um, no, and uh, following our careers um, in the throes of motherhood. Um, and it's, it's a pretty amazing chat. And I hope you all enjoy it. Shut the door. Okay, right, we'll start again. Hey, Eleni, thanks for being here. That's hey. probably very loud. <laughs> nice to see you nice to see you too I'm so happy that we're doing this thanks for having me on and we like we are unstoppable when we speak like I can imagine this could be like a four-part podcast if you don't cut me off somewhere somebody's or once cut. a month or once a month. <laughs> Every I second. know I always see you in co-op and we're like we both have our kids and yeah. we're like oh, if we could just uh, have an hour here no they're like <laughs> we're there at the worst time getting like here and there items oh yeah or like it's 4 30 and I forgot to have put supper on so I have to go buy something and by the time yeah. I get out of the house it's like eat six. your chips let's get out of here I always feed my my kids in the grocery store that's so <laughs> smart it's like yeah I like give them all this food I'm like I'm sorry but you clearly don't go to the grocery store and realize the epic fails that go along with the adventure and desperate times call for chips and whatever we used to go open yogurt I don't care whatever we used to go to superstore more than co-op and they had it was like the little cheese and grapes like the whole it was just like a little charcuterie box it was just cheese and grapes and I would just grab one of those and obviously keep the lid to pay for it after but like they would just snack on them that was a lifesaver but now that they're older, I feel like I give them each a cart and then they okay. like that is a lifesaver. Well, that's nice. Isn't that nice cart? for you? Well, until I need more groceries, then. Yeah, no, I do. I do pick up. I have to do pick up. I, uh, I actually send Carly, my husband for pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, we were actually in a Walmart commercial saying how convenient <laughs> picking up groceries is. Yeah. But really, like, that's no. why I'm Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, girl. I say that five thousand times. That's that's why I'm Walmart. 
That's why Walmart. That's why I Walmart. This is in no way an ad for Walmart. It was just, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, that was cool. But yeah, I, I, I'm a grocery. I love food, so I go to all of the stores for very individual items. But yeah, Me for the too. most part, just send Carly Friday mornings every morning to get the groceries because so much energy, mm-hmm. so much energy. By the time you physically go, you pick it all out, put it all in your cart, unload the cart go through the checkout, load it back into your car, and then unload it into your home. But then let's throw in three fucking monsters. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know. And um, then I feel like the most work for me is when you get it into your house and you just have to put it all away. Oh, like it's it sits all... on my counters. Plus a winter like coat, hours. though. Throw a, throw a winter coat that's made for minus 47 degrees Celsius and you're just sweating your balls off and yeah. super oh, yeah. wherever you are. Yeah. I'm like, and then, yeah, Teddy threw the, the blueberry container on the floor and that's my life. That's just how it went. So, yeah, it had to shift into that. It was such a game changer. I'm happy that... Um, that we are able to order and and pick them up it like seriously saves me like two to four hours a week which is amazing which like seven to ten business days over a lifetime so yeah no probably more uh yeah so no I I love it and oh like seriously like Teddy dumped a container of rice this morning he's so extra special right now Teddy oh uh I don't even want to like I think it will stress people out if I talk about it is it Teddy specifically individually or is it third child syndrome like no it's he's just at the it's two uh like just the exploratory stage of touching dumping pulling he Mm. poured out maple syrup in the garage this morning perfect yeah uh that's cool um what a guy but not i was like that was 14 dollars oh yeah also sticky everywhere and that's a few mornings that has happened and i put it like on shelves that should not be reached by a two-year-old oh anyway yeah it's like uh let's move on (laughs) sorry (laughs) oh i love this Moms, parents everywhere will know, and they'll be like, mm-hmm, I know, I have a story for you. I'm yeah. going to message you later. Yeah. Um, so what I love about, okay, we go way back. We go way back. I knew you were when you were a child, mm-hmm. um, which kind of dates me as a person. Um, but let me start from the beginning, why I know you. So I, I was a server at your beautiful family restaurant for four years and you would have been a young teen going into not so young teen Mm -hmm. um when I was there so I have known you yes since half the best time of your life the worst (laughs) uh no uh it's every teen that's just the way they are um discovering yourself yeah just one of those things uh, and of course I was still discovering myself. I was in my early twenties. So, but that's why we know each other. And it's, it's kind of amazing to see you grow into an amazing individual who has 
not only taken on a giant role in your family business, like an epic one and like changed the whole business, like in a great way, not that your family all works very hard collectively. Yeah. Um, the hardest working people I've ever met actually, and taught me how to work very hard. Mm -hmm. um, like seriously, I wrote about it in my book, how much like they taught me how to work hard anyway. Um, just so you know, you should probably read it when it comes out because there's yeah. some shit there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Not shit, good stuff. Um, and maybe some stories about Spiro, who the restaurant is Spiro's, and that is your, you say Papu? Papu? Yep. Papu? Yeah, yes, girl, yeah. you remember. Yeah, so he's, I could like have a whole, he's been on podcast. I could have a whole podcast with him as a subject and tell stories about stuff what he I remember him like learning Ukrainian every night sitting by himself just learning a third language just it's no like big nothing. deal yeah I um, have this friend who's Ukrainian so I want to learn Ukrainian so we can talk yeah what a cool that's guy. the kind of person he is uh but he's so sweet and taught me so many life lessons. Um, but okay. And then, yeah, seeing you grow into taking on that, but also motherhood, uh, early, like early ish. So early. I would say, yeah. Like how old were you when you had your first daughter? 21, no, 22. Yep. 22 and 23. That's when I had. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's special. I recommend special and close together yeah. um sounds like an adventure uh, yeah it's fun um, now it definitely wasn't yeah. fun to tell you that no it's 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 interesting it's 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 uh kind of that double like it's so great but so challenging all at once mm -hmm. um yeah. yeah so seeing you take on motherhood and then um also not giving up on your dreams um, you're a musician, so talented, and you, yeah, oh, <laughs> I can hear everything in my mic, I'm sure, I hope that's not recorded, but I can hear my husband's right in the garage, I can't hear it with my human ears, but when my stuff is on, I can hear extra special things <laughs> happening Probably. in my home, it's like the worst time of day, it's 3.03, and we shouldn't have had our podcast pre-chat, <laughs> sorry, hey, um, yeah, so there's so much to talk about. Um, and I don't even know where to begin. But uh, would you say let's start with motherhood, because that's where I kind of let's start with motherhood, you coming into motherhood. Mm -hmm. uh, so I know you had some challenges, challenges with that. Um, mm -hmm. You suffered, was it postpartum? You did a bit of you did. You dealt with a little postpartum. Oh, yeah. Was that for both or just your first? I think it was for like, so it was for both, but in really different ways. So my kids are, are 14 months apart. And uh, when I had Mila, my oldest, I feel like I didn't know what to do. I mean, that's normal. Nobody knows what to do. I feel like even having probably three children, you're like, I still don't know what to do. <laughs> but after you have your first, I feel like you can have a little better handle on having a newborn and you sort of understand a little bit of what to expect. But my first time around, like I just felt so confused as to like how I was supposed to keep this child alive. And so the day before, so Mila's birthday is October 7th. 
Um, she was 40, she was born at 42 weeks. I was overdue with her and I really tried to evade a C-section, but, or sorry, um, an induction. I really wanted to have like a natural labor and a natural birth, but um, they, she was overdue and they made it feel, they made me feel like the only option was an induction at that point, which was stupid. But anyways, on October 6th, the day before I knew I was going to get induced, my parents sat me down and told me that they were getting a divorce, which as you know, was fine. Like that was something I had sort of hoped for in their relationship because um, both parties were very unhappy and I've wanted this my whole life. But I was just like, why, why now? Why right now? <laughs> Could you guys have held off just, to, just not today? <laughs> like, so it was a bit weird. It's just, a, it was weird. And I, I, again, I, I was there to support both of them in whatever way they needed support. But also I was like, I'm about to embark on like the most horrific, like, <laughs> next couple months of my life. So anyways, I went in for my induction. It went super south, super fast and ended up having an emergency C-section, which is like kind of how it goes with inductions, I guess. More people that I've talked to than not have had a C-section after an induction, but um, I was induced to, yes. Did you have a C-section? I did not. And it almost ended up in a C-section uh, with the heart rate dropping. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so it was very close and then he just skyrocketed out. But uh, I'm like, no. Well, in that moment, they kind of give you an ultimatum. They're like, your baby's yeah, it was, it was very, lining. very close. <gasps> yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was very close. And then it just, yeah. So then Paul came in and tickled his head and whatever. I don't know what they yeah, do. Yeah. I think he tickled his head. It's very blurry after three of those things <laughs> happening. But yeah, I feel like inductions, um, my body was not prepared for what happened. Um, and I did talk about that. We actually, I had Tammy on and she works on third floor uh, mm -hmm. in the maternity ward. And um, we just talked about the realities of labor. So it's a really interesting episode because, you know, uh, everyone has a unique story. It never, there's no normal birth. There's no right or wrong thing to do. All you need is hopefully everyone comes out safely and that doesn't happen all the time. Right. Uh, so yeah, nothing can prepare you for that. But yeah, I my body wasn't ready and they called a starburst here and I got to enjoy that. Uh, just because like when the baby... Um, is about to be born like when you know your body's prepping it presses on the cervix slowly more and more and more so that like stretches it and preps it for right. you know the slow way that birth is supposed to happen and if he wasn't dropped low enough and there wasn't that pressure on like with finn it was beautiful my second um it i walked that whole day i just kind of walked around and yeah you could feel like it just pushing down, pushing down. And then, then by the time it all happened, it like, it mm -hmm. came out nicely. And I wasn't on the couch for two weeks, not able to move. You know, mm -hmm. I was up the same day. Yeah. And the next day, like moving around fine. And so, um, yeah, inductions, I just don't think, like, obviously, I had to do it because of gestational diabetes, but and and they do it if you're overdue, of course, because there's the risks outweigh the benefits, right? Right. Um, or yeah, we're you know oh, what I'm the, saying. Yeah, no, that's but, right. Yeah, but I don't think your body's ready. 
I agree. That yeah. You, you literally a long way to agree with you. No, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. So, um, yeah. So that was just a lot. They were both at the hospital, like the next day after I had her by a C-section. Um, and when I had the C-section, I hemorrhaged and lost a whole pile of blood. So I was, that was the beginning of my journey of being chronically anemic. And so like, that's what I was dealing with. Plus like the awkward tension of like my parents and having this newborn baby who I, like, I had no idea. I had this like made up in my mind. I was like, I am going to nurse her. She is going to be breastfed in whatever way that like, I don't care how it happens. I had a friend at the time who had a baby almost. Sorry. Here's, here's one. Oh, happy Hi. birthday. Ellen says happy birthday. Where is my mom? I don't know. Is she here? No, like, where is my mom at her house? Like, is she anywhere? <laughs> I don't know. Well, we're going to my house. Yeah, I'm not sure where she is in her house at this moment. Not See? Okay, no, no, Teddy. Close the door. Oh, my gosh. He's where so it? Where is my grandma right now in this moment? I don't know. <laughs> Okay, yeah. yeah, keep going. So, so yeah, yeah, and, you wanted to nurse. Yeah. And it just, I had a friend who had been pumping, like it wasn't working out for the latch. So she was <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just keep talking. They're here. They're, he found me. Oh my gosh, Teddy. And um, essentially it didn't work out. She wasn't latching well. So I was like, well, my friend's uh, pumping, so I'll pump. So in order to make like enough milk for half a feeding, I had to pump every two hours for 45 minutes. That's like what gave me enough time to recuperate. And it sounds like it wasn't. So I would have to like half nurse her or like half bottle feed her with breast milk and half formula. And she had some tummy issues because she just wasn't digesting them the same. And so for like the first three months of her life, she just scream cried all the time. And then I decided to pull the plug on um, pumping. I was just like, this is not the thing for me. And so I started um, bottle feeding her with just formula and it was a game changer. After like three and a half, she was like totally different baby. So sweet. So happy. So I just dumped all my files. That's sums him up in a moment 30 <laughs> seconds and that's what he does every 30 seconds oh good job teddy that's really brilliant <laughs> hi can you wave he can't hear me no oh my gosh <laughs> i can't do this <laughs> who is he he's so funny i know <laughs> yeah hi buddy hey, cutie trouble that's what i see all over that face everybody's mad at me but if i make them laugh it'll be okay yeah that's what they get from their dad oh my gosh i'm not gonna help but if i make you laugh it'll get me out of it right uh yeah yeah. no like oh that sounds like a lot of energy i remember seeing you again in the grocery store and i had i would have had my first and maybe not my second yet yeah so I would just had my first and you would have had your first and you were like I don't I I don't get what this old mother thing mother 
what seeing is about. I don't know why I just spit. Cool. This sucks. Uh, lucky I'm recording with video so everyone <laughs> can see how awesome I am. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, oh you're God. like, I, I don't get it. Like, everyone told me it would be beautiful and it's not. <laughs> it's just like, that something's a mess here for her i didn't know a lot about it yet i hadn't had a lot of friends uh he's got a flamingo now cool perfect um who had had gone through postpartum and then like a, when i did have like more of a knowledge based on it i was like oh well then he just had like a tough time obviously and this and a smidgen of postpartum a little dust <laughs> yeah because like you know that's when you feel that disconnect right yeah, it was really tough. And and there's nothing wrong with that. It happens. Like, oh my gosh, I don't it? know the stats, but it's another flamingo. Fucking cool. Uh, I don't know the stats, but I know it's like way more than you than you think. Than you think yeah. It is. And I just, my mom had lit, started to live with us. So she moved in with us as we brought Mila home. We also brought my mom home to live in our basement. Just because they had with their separation, like he just stayed in the house and she came and lived with us. And it was such a game changer. Like, I don't know how I would have possibly survived the first six months without my mom living with us. Cause she would like stay up all night with her sometimes and let me sleep. She would like whatever. She was just in it and in the throes of that with me. I don't even know how I would ever be able to repay her, but um that was just something that really helped. Um, but still it felt, and the time of the year I think didn't help either. Like I had her in October and I feel kind of depressed every October anyways, like pre. Yeah. Well, for us, it's just like, here's winter and snuggle in. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be cold and gray. And yeah. So, um, although we do have, we're a little bit lucky. Our winters do have those nice open skies, but yeah, it's like, you don't get to be outside as much and yeah, it's a, you know, like it, when it starts to get here. dark earlier, I'm just like, oh, no, I know. But yeah. And I don't know if anyone will ever stay on this episode because it's like, it's just like sums up what it's like to be a parent right now. <laughs> All good things. Oh, somebody's trying to get into my door too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my God. This is funny. Oh, okay. They're going now. And <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on for parenthood. My children are finally gone <laughs> and have like a moment to let's I want to talk about you because like amongst you know taking on that and then your kids get a little older and did you step more into your family business and then just like really held on to being a songstress or did it all kind of like naturally coincide um I don't honestly even know really how to answer that because it felt like it all just happened really organically and I think one of the most interesting things I've found as a parent in this season of my life is that I'm actually I'm actually almost verbatim if that's the right word word for word line by line in every action I'm literally living my mother's life I'm doing exactly what my mother did 
The only difference is I would say is like the partner, <laughs> like I have an amazing husband who's like an amazing dad and he's the greatest support system. My dad is pretty flaky. Um, and then I am finding that I'm, I am trying to be more mindful of my children's time. It's not always perfect. And I just feel like having an awareness is the first step <laughs> in the right direction I remember my sister and I would spend like hours at the restaurant. We would just, we'd come to the restaurant after school and then we would just stay there till like mom was done work, which was like 9 30, 10, you know? So we spent a lot of nights at the restaurant and I mean, we had a TV, we like played in the office. We had lots of things to do, lots of activities. And, and I would probably say that most of my creativity came from all the times that we spent um, just making play at the restaurant. But um, I do hope for like, not a better childhood for my kids, but in some way, a more um, exciting life for my children, <laughs> if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see how that ends up. But in the meantime, I'm just going to keep talking. In the meantime, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's just making some changes and adjustments like you know, if I don't need to be there, like there's no reason for me to just be there. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work because, um, a huge part of me wants to be there all the time. And it's like almost a addiction actually. Like it could be like a work. I could be a workaholic. I am a workaholic. I just try and channel it in different ways. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I think about working all the time, but mm -hmm. I think that's a, like a sign that you're passionate about mm -hmm. what you're doing and loving the you know all the facets of each you know thing yeah. you get you get to you know work really hard and I think that probably comes from you know seeing great examples of people working hard um in your life and like you you can see reward like in what you're doing yeah like, you can see you know what work you put in Mm -hmm. um and and you know how much of a difference it can make and yeah. a there lot of people don't know especially like maybe uh, younger generations is like yeah like everything you do um is work and it's it's like you have to keep your goals in mind and keep moving forward and just working every day uh and you don't know if it's gonna work but no, you hope it does associated with it is like I think there's a generation that is so jaded jaded no they're naive they are unaware of risk taking because it's easy to you know really hide your children from risks in any form and even in the small things so I think that we need to show like this up and coming like Gen Z and lower like let's show them what it's like to actually work really hard. And especially like how many ads on Instagram do you come across a day that are like this guy who looks like he's in his really early thirties. It's like, ask me how I make six figures a month. Oh, and it's like me and my like, private debt. Like it's so easy to be sucked into like that and wanting that so bad and not understanding that. I'm sure that behind the scenes, that guy probably worked really hard for it. But sometimes like the day to day, and the the working and the putting in of the hours like, like why do you want a private jet like yeah. or like where's the <clears throat> like 
where's the reality in like that is just not real life okay he gets to take a private jet occasionally but does he have like the fundamentals of like a fulfilling life and that's just not one of the things that checks those boxes and i know this because now in every podcast episode and you'll be asked this too is just imagine your perfect day and everyone has the same answer and it has nothing to do with the private jet that's true yeah. although now that you're giving me the heads up i'll probably mention my private jet in there but i just think like you don't have the opportunity to really positively influence people in big level stuff like it's the everyday small interactions that you have with normal everyday people that's what actually fulfilling to your life and it's fulfilling to someone else's right it's not like mm-hmm. you know with execs all the time and like talking about investment with your shiba inu or whatever yeah it's it's that's not fulfilling i just don't think that that's a fulfilling life i think it's talking to the normal people or getting to help those who are less fortunate than you are or helping people that are in a different situation than yours and the restaurant has given me the opportunity to see that and to try and implement that kind of an attitude in every way and it's like little things like being at the grocery store and then just leaving my credit card there for the lady to just quickly swipe it for the cart behind me, you know, mm-hmm. or paying for someone's Starbucks order. Like it's little things like that. And it's not necessarily always money related, but it's the little things that you do for people that might yeah, be money based buying something for someone or whatever that actually like just changes the trajectory of their day. And that could like change the way that their kids are treated for the rest of the day. It could, it's little things like that. My mom actually left me a note. Um, I had written her a thank you letter. She moved me out to Halifax when I went to university and she took me to Walmart. Walmart, talk about Walmart, everyone. She took me to Walmart. My mom loved Walmart. (laughs) Anyway, she took me to Walmart and got me all this stuff for my new place. My mom did not make money. Uh, She lived by a different set of values and system and what was morally right in life she worked with people who had developmental disabilities and uh that she cared about you know impacting people and changing their lives in a different way and um she was so she yeah she was very special individual and um so she had taken me and gotten me like a futon and oh no sorry some blankets and stuff, whatever. My dad, I actually just had a vivid memory of my dad taking me to get the futon when he came out later, which is a terrible story. We got time. My <laughs> parents are separated as well. They never got a divorce because this is how poor we were. Poor we were. They couldn't afford to get divorced, so they stayed together for 26 years. Um, Perfect. And so, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> They're both good people and um, they both really did their best. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, my dad took me to get my food done. I remember him testing every, couldn't buy me a real bed. <laughs> so, again, no money. Uh, and uh, so enough money for food. We were ri- like rich and like we're a good family and yeah. they had enough to give us the food and and clothes we needed so and a roof above our heads so not much to complain about uh he would he was smushing each one i was like what is he doing he's like this one makes the least amount of sound i was like fuck you dad 
Oh, uh, yeah. It's just like testing them all out. It's like, ugh, gross. That memory will stick with me for the rest of my life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, she had taken me to get all the stuff. And then, um, so my mom had left a bin for each of us kids when she had passed away. And there was a note on the letter she had saved oh. that I sent her. And she said, this is what matters. This is what is important in life. Um, uh, you know, people doing things for people and making impacting real people, real people's lives. Like that's the gist of the note. And I obviously had taken that to heart and hopefully implemented it, it into my, actually that influenced one of my recent decisions in, I got offered a lot of jobs this year. Um, mm-hmm just from putting myself out there so much and one of them is working with kids and I had always avoided teaching because you know the stereotype that goes along with that and uh I just I just imagine myself like and already I know kids like they dress up as me for career day and like that's just the kids in my neighborhood. So just imagine the impact I can make working with kids every day, making those beautiful memories and like having them integrate creativity into the rest of their lives and having a positive memory mm-hmm. as opposed to a negative one, which happens a lot with creativity. So yeah, I said yes to, and we'll see how it goes, but I just think, hey. you know, if you're gonna really talk about changing the world, that's start with the little start. ones. Yeah. So I, I'm not doing, I don't want to, I never want to do it full time. I still like, I'm really passionate about my individual practice. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure you can attest to that because you did not give up on, you know, it's not like, yeah, you, you stuck to still creating through it all, like through, you know, your, your struggles and when you were thrown into motherhood early on mm-hmm. in your 20s, which um, I'm really grateful I got to travel early on in my 20s because now I don't have like that crazy itch to take off. <laughs> I still do. But I know like <laughs> I'll, it, I can when it's there and yeah. it's, and I'm not like, so that was really great. But um, you still, I'm really proud of you because you, you still created. And I want to talk about where that led actually. So mm-hmm. currently you have a song, a second of six singles releasing on December 3rd, but I want to talk, like, did you use your, I want to talk back to when you didn't stop making music and where that took you, because did you, do you think that helped you heal and connect to yourself? hundred percent. I've always said, this is like, I should almost coin this somehow, but it, making music or creating has never felt like a job. It's never felt like creating. It's always felt like it's been a form of escape or a form of therapeutic healing of something that's always yours and something that's always mine. But funny enough that you say that sometimes it's like they live beside the tracks. (laughs) Sorry. I was like, really? Um, Funny that you say that because in the early days of motherhood it's like my brain wanted to create so badly but I just didn't have it in me 
So it would be things like taking melodies that I already knew, like from other songs. And these weren't songs I was making to like put out there. It was like, just because I need to sit down at my piano and I need to play and sing and just like get get this out there. Um, I would just take melodies that were familiar and I would just change the words. <laughs> and so like, it was almost as if I was like, that was just a way for me to figure out how to, to unleash some emotion that I was not familiar with, you know, I uh -huh. had never really felt that way before. I had never felt so disconnected. I had never felt like literally such a failure of a human, especially since like we were getting off the breast, like it didn't work to breastfeed. That was already like a shot in the shoulder. And then it was like, okay, well let's try pumping. Cause it's really important to me that my child has breast milk. And then like that didn't work, which was like another shot in the other shoulder. I was just like, man, what the heck? Like I suck as a mom. Which now I totally get that I didn't suck as a mom. No, you, just, you were there. You, you but know. in the trenches, I really and truly felt like I had totally failed my child. I had failed. Like, I mean, I had told so many people about my big dreams of having this natural birth and like always having a baby on my boob. Like I was so excited about this life. And then it was like C-section, mm. bottle formula fed baby and like work like bringing the baby to work setting up a playpen leaving the baby in the playpen with little toys and like going to work because like i couldn't sit at home and and do nothing like i wasn't that kind of a person i'm still not that kind of a person so mila came to work with me forever even like <laughs> she'll perpetually always come to work with me but um it was just not living this typical lifestyle that i had envisioned for myself and like that uh -huh. kind of hurt at first so i needed a way to escape that weird hurt that I was dealing with and um yeah playing people's music or adding my own words or just like playing someone else's songs for like a couple minutes a day was just like oh, this feels so good and I obviously as a gospel artist and as a Christian like I value the art of meditation or prayer so like mm -hmm. that was almost as if me like spending some time singing worship music in the mornings or like meditating in silence, but like with my piano, not saying anything, but like that was so healing for me. It's hard to describe it really, but that really got me through a season. And I feel like it also sparked and propelled me into the next season of creativity where I felt like I had a new song every single day. I don't even know when that started and I don't know if it stopped because I feel like I'm always writing something, which is sweet. But um, yeah. not everything is like release worthy, you know, like sending out to the world. But it's just these Doesn't matter. moments. One thing I always leads into the next or like there's not a reason like there's always a reason why you're doing it. Right. It's it's yeah. like it it can influence something else or, you know, turn it evolve into, you know, um, yeah. There's, you're just, the biggest thing is to show up. And I think showing up every day for yeah. your creativity too. It has showed up for me in so many times, in so many ways, so many times. That's like, I owe it. <laughs> yeah. I owe it the, the loyalty of showing up every day and just being like, you know, I don't really have anything fresh right now, but I just need to get this out of here. Like I need to get it out. I need to put it out into something tangible. Um. And it's, like, it's so funny. I've had people ask me, like, can you write a song for um, my daughter who's graduating? Can you write a song for our wedding? Can you write a song for my mom's funeral? Like, I've gotten all the things. And I'm just like, I don't honestly think I can. 
because everything that comes out of my mouth is like something that's from my soul. Like it's not like, I mean, I can make something up and it will sound okay, but like, it's not going to be the heartfelt art that I really want to make. No. And I'm not really in the position. I think that's a struggle for every artist and creative. Yeah. That's You're like, hmm. Because I, I have a great example. I made those really cool sweaters this summer. And honestly, I made them for fun. Yeah. And, and it was one day of like with my studio manager. And I was like, oh, this print is like amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm we're like, let's put on a shirt. Yeah, let's do that. And then now I have like so many people be like can you design shirts i was like that's not really that's not really what i do um but i have a hard time saying no so i said yes and i was like oh i gotta stop saying yes to shirt like this um okay but they are amazing i wear mine almost every day like i, I know I they're so comfy one. and yeah yeah it did take off but that was something i made out of like you know it was yeah. for fun and then it turned into this like crazy bigger way bigger because we shot a beautiful shoot with amazing individuals who were just that's why it was successful um is who was along for that ride and and the way it kind of organically happened mm-hmm. but um yeah it's it's tough but um uh, good for you for saying no because a lot of creatives can't especially like I go through spells of like three sometimes uh like four months where there's like nothing so when I I get jobs like I'm just like what if that happens get typically actually no that was just one time this year because of what had happened but um and I still had some but it was like you have that fear and, and for me to, and that's why I've said yes to a few d- different job offers because I need some sustainability in my practice because mm-hmm. I can't go from like sustaining my whole business now because mm-hmm. of the way I've expanded. Like I can't go through months where I, you know, take a $10,000 hit and, or like the next month make up for it. Like I need consistency. Yeah. So I have said yes to some stuff. Uh and I'm excited about it, but I need that sense of security um, mm-hmm. that I I haven't had. And I think, you know, now that Teddy's two, I can, that's yeah. two, maybe three, maybe four is like the time you start to feel like you gain a little bit of yourself back uh, yeah. and you can start like being like, okay, maybe we'll have a day of childcare or two or, mm-hmm. or some help or something, yeah. but um yeah, yeah, I don't know what the future will hold. I never do. But the point is, you just can't stop. Like, you I think it's really stop. important to just keep going, um, even mm-hmm. though you don't know where it's going. Even though yours has gone to some really cool places, you're always flying off. I always see you and you're like, well, I'm headed to Nashville. Oh, <laughs> and I'm, so I'm just there to speak in front of hundreds of thousands or whatever people and present an award at the what is it dove at the dove awards yeah so you you got songwriter of the year one year Mm -hmm. what year was that 2019 2017 was it 2017 oh gosh that makes me feel older that makes me feel older it seemed like last year it wasn't two years have sort of been canceled out so it's really it's really not that far away and 
I, I was pregnant with Finn then, not Teddy. I was pregnant with Indy when I got Songwriter of the Year, which was cool. I like I was so teeny tiny, and I remember just being like, I didn't pregnant. know you were pregnant. I don't think you didn't look pregnant. I know I didn't look pregnant. That was the crazy part, but I felt pregnant. Trust me. Um, that was a wild summer. That whole summer. That was when I had really discovered um, the power of co-writing. So it's like when you collab with someone else and write a song with someone else. And like, that's another thing where collaborating with other people, especially in the music world is so, um, it's like electrifying because you think you have this good idea and you bring it to the table, like you bring a concept to the table and then someone loves your concept and you're like, this is like dopamine. Like, this is so great. Somebody likes my idea. And then like four other people just start like nailing this idea on the head and like creating this big picture when you really only had like a tiny little piece and getting to hear other people's perspectives Mm -hmm. and like it's just such a beautiful thing and I don't even know if like art has something like that where you and someone else could collaborate on a painting but it's the best like I love it I don't think it's like literal like a song necessarily I know some people do collaborate on creations but in the art world collaboration um was so frowned upon like when I was in university and now like people are finally realizing especially women and females in my industry is the more we work together especially um because we're underrepresented uh in the art world so drastically um that the more we come together and work together to make the change and and uh I think we're all realizing that we're stronger together so I think this can be applied to any sort of situation that collaboration is the right way to go (laughs) always because um it is it is stronger and and you can find like-minded creatives and best friends that you'll have for the rest of your life and it's just being open Mm -hmm. to those opportunities um and it'll take you somewhere being always open to creativity in the first place but then really expanding and then those that those same types of people and those same types of opportunities will just gravitate toward you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And I feel like in a way you put out or you get back what you put out into your creative, creative funnel, if you want to call it that sphere. Yeah, um, let's not use funnel. I've heard the word funnel. Yeah, let's like, well, not the worst word that doesn't <laughs> even work not- into the something more fun. of your and creativity it's like yeah. every person that i have met which actually now is turning out to be almost a problem because some of my like soul best friends some of the people that i have met and been like we are connected like you are my person They live on the other side of the continent and I hate that so much. And so that's why like not being able to travel for these past couple of years has been so like mentally and emotionally so hard on me because I was actually supposed to in 2019 or sorry, in 2020, I was supposed to be in the States once a month, every single month for the whole year from January, which we did do the January trip. And then the end of February trip got canceled. Um, which coronavirus, as they called it back then, wasn't hardly a thing. They're like, eh, eh. So 
I had two years worth of not seeing anybody. And that was like heart wrenching and gut wrenching. So I actually had to, and this is silly to say out loud, but I had these gems of friends in my circle already here, but it's like, we didn't necessarily, I didn't, I chose not to connect with them that well because I was like, well, you're not a musician, not a creative. You're not like, we don't jive on, you know, whatever. But like, I've realized those are my people. They're like, I have to make those my people here. And like, man, I've created the best friends, the the most wonderful people that are probably lifers um, in Lloydminster <laughs> just in this past couple of years yeah. because of the fact that like I had been traveling so much and I had not really had time for friends. I really just go travel to find friends. The music has really taken off. I'm trying. It's so hard. Like, like anything, and you know this very well, the more you there the more attention that it can get or the more traction that you can gain um so i find like the more often i put out singles the more uh honestly the more traction i feel like my whole brand gets which is silly to put it that way but i even hate the word brand now <laughs> it's but, not um, i hate the word brand too but you know what <laughs> I feel like if we were two guys sitting here, we wouldn't hate the word brand so much. I don't know why yeah, uh, sure. business owner, CEO, and brand are so hard for young women to wrap their heads around. And it goes with a lot of things that I don't even want to bring up because that's a whole conversation <laughs> and more in itself. But yeah, you are a brand. I am a brand. It is. It just goes along with... Uh, your creative vision for mm -hmm. success. So yeah, let's let's get on the train where we don't apologize for let's having a brand and starting and and you know you know being badass basically. <laughs> yeah. So as you know, the more things that you put out, the more you put yourself out there, the more traction your brand gets. So mm -hmm. That is a huge investment. I I had I know nothing about the art world pretty much at all, except for I love that everything that you make is like speaking to my soul. And I just want to I want you to do a mural of the whole inside of my house so that I can wake up happy. Oh, for the final question, sponsored. I'm so excited. I hope I just have Red Bicycle as my solo first ever sponsor. Well, uh, they always get this grand announcement and spot in all the podcasts red bicycle communications yeah <laughs> um final question a day in the life i want you to describe your perfect uh ideal day in your mind um for you what would make you the happiest clam most fulfilled individual i would be somewhere warm on my private jet no i'm just kidding but I would probably be in Florida, which is where my studio is, or I would be in Texas, which is where it feels like all of my friends are right now. <laughs> I would be in either one of those places. Um, I would be in a big open room and I would be either doing like a live recording or I would just be singing with all of my friends. One of my best friends is a drummer, so I would have her drumming. Um, I just, I would have the whole group and they would all be doing their thing and there would be amazing. There'd be a choir and we would just be singing for the whole day. That's what I would love. And they would all be songs that I got to write on. 
whether I wrote the whole thing or like co-write. But yeah, that's what I would do with my day. <laughs> so it does include a private jet, ideally, but I will fly economy if I have to. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. And thanks for coming on and taking the time to be here. I appreciate it so much. And I'll run into you at the co-op grocery store again soon, I'm sure. You at co-op. <laughs> thanks for having me, girl. This is really great. Yeah, co-op, you can go ahead and sponsor me too. <laughs> <laughs> we actually Seriously. have a mutual friend there so that's like a legit request <laughs> you heard it here first christine <laughs> <laughs> actually yeah no actually co-op uh, they don't have to sponsor my podcast too they already we already do an anti-bullying campaign that is like major and really beautiful and i appreciate them so much it. um great and another person who asked me to make a shirt <laughs> But this, Which this is probably where it'll stem from, actually. Not the yeah. flower shirt, but the co-op shirt. Um, seeing 3,000 people wearing a shirt in your community every day is actually weird. Okay, but People are cool. like, do you stop? Or my husband said, do you stop people and be like, I made that. I'm like, no, I don't actually do that. But do you think about weird. it? Or are you like, you made that? You think about it though. That's I do. The most I do think about it a little bit. I'm like, ooh, it's always neat every time. It doesn't go away. Um, it just doesn't. It's it's so cool to see something you do take a do you know be a little bit successful or make yeah. a change. Like that's making change in our community. And Christine asked me to be a part of it. It's her baby, really. And I just got to come along for the ride. And um, this year we're doing it again. It's pretty sweet. In the form sweet. of some maybe really bright colors, like this little tiny hint, like there's maybe a neon version that cool. could light up the room. Um, we shot it here. We sh got to shoot it already. So I'm excited. Um, obviously, we plan a year in advance. So get ready, everyone. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, Yay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. All right. Sunday. Have a great day, friend. You too. Thanks, Brandy. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today, friends. I sure appreciate your time and being here. Um, so the Kindness Wins campaign is on in full, full form. <laughs> Sure. Uh, you can pick up some apparel. You can order a pizza. You can dine at the Timber Cafe and Home Hardware if you're a local, um, as this is a local campaign going to local anti-bullying program, programming in our school systems and grants and funding uh, for that sort of programming in our schools. So it's really special. We're honored to be a part of it. Uh, check more of it out at brandyhofer.ca or brandyhofer studios on Instagram. It is just phenomenal, and we have a few big announcements. One might be a giant mural coming up in June, and pretty proud of that project, as well as one more that also has to do with our public school system. So we are so busy here in the studio, but we'll keep putting out podcasts because we love connecting with you at that level and also chatting with local creatives and international creatives. Um, yeah. So thank you again for being here. It is so special that you are part of what we do. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye.